Happy Nurses Week, y'all. This week, we have three special celebrity guests. Each guest will have a two-part episode, so be sure to tune in each day, May 6th through 11th. You will hear incredible stories from each of these people that will inspire you and remind you of the power you have as a nurse to change lives. So make sure to tune in and enjoy this special series created just for you. It's a ridiculous idea to think that nurses are having to fight for safety for their jobs. I mean, why are we letting this happen? Get ready to be inspired and entertained by a Hollywood actress who's not only funny, but also has a heart of gold. She's starred in hit shows like Curb Your Enthusiasm and Suburgatory. But what really makes her shine is her love and respect for the healthcare professionals who make a difference in people's lives every day. Please give a warm welcome to the wonderful Cheryl Hines, who's here to share some heartfelt stories about how nurses have impacted her life, especially during her daughter's difficult time in the hospital and her continued recovery at home. I'm your host, Kara Lunsford, registered nurse and VP of community at nurse.com. Hey, Cheryl Hines. How is our beautiful cat? Cat is doing great. So, Cat is my daughter, and uh, I just spoke to her. She wanted me to tell you hello. She said I would, I would join if it wasn't. Um, she has a finals. I said that you would understand, but she she loves you and wanted me to tell you hello. I love her too. She is a miraculous human being. Yes. I was lucky enough to know her for a short time. How old was she? 14, 15? Not even. She wasn't even that old. She was like 12. Oh my gosh, 12. It cannot be that many years. I know. I know. It has been. That's what's crazy. That's, That's how you the- tell time. You see children grow up and you're like, oh no, how I've stayed the same. And now you're six years old or seven years older. Should, should we talk about what happened? Yeah. Let's talk about what happened because boy, did she really go through something really, really difficult. So just tell the listeners what happened that day. Um, we we were living closer to the beach at the time. So it was a um, kind of a, uh, so there were a lot of golf carts in the area. And um, we had a great day together. Her cousins were visiting, my sister, and, um, and a bunch of the kids got on the golf cart. And my 16-year-old, she was 16 at the time, niece was driving the golf cart. And... But I wasn't around. I was I was at my house, which I was around, but I wasn't um, in the golf cart when it happened. But they took it for a drive. It was a six-seater golf cart that actually had seatbelts. And there were seven kids. And they wanted to see how fast they could go down this hill. It was a street, like a paved street. And um, the girl who was driving, my niece, said, uh, everybody buckle up because she was going to try to make it go fast. Five of the kids did buckle up. Two of the kids didn't. One was Kat and one was my other niece, Zoe. And um, 
it started, they started going down the hill and the driver started losing control a little bit and she overcorrected and turned the wheel. When she turned the wheel, it, the uh, golf cart flipped. And apparently Kat, my daughter had been thrown out of the golf cart and it, she was pinned underneath the, the golf cart on her legs. So I got a call from my sister saying the kids have been in a golf cart accident by the school. So I don't even remember. I don't even think I hung up. I don't know. I just know I was wearing tennis shoes. I remember that I was wearing tennis shoes and I was really glad because I just started running because it was close to my house. I probably could have taken a car, let's be honest, but I I was just, that was my impulse was just to just run. So I started running and I could see two ambulances and a fire truck. And I, I, I thought I was going to have a heart attack running there because I was, I didn't know what was going on. I, I, when I got there, I saw all the kids, they were all sort of sitting on the curb, lined up on the curb and they were all crying except Kat. Kat wasn't really crying that much. And they were all, you know, had some sort of scrapes and scratches and bleeding. And I couldn't tell what was really happening, but I was happy to see them all sitting there. And I'm going down the row of kids trying trying to make sure everybody's okay. And they all seemed okay. When I got to Kat, there was already um, somebody uh, like a an EMT working on wrapping her legs, which I, I didn't even notice at the time, really. And they said to me and my sister, well, they said to me, do you want to ride with your daughter in the ambulance? And I said, yes. And then they asked my sister if she wanted to ride with her daughter in another ambulance. And she said, yes. And I said to my sister, I'll meet you at the hospital. And they said, no, you're, you're going to different hospitals. So I, I said, okay. I had no idea what was going on. And the ambulance drove up to a helicopter. And we got in the helicopter and went up the coast of California because it was, it was a Friday, it was five o'clock traffic. And when I looked down on Pacific coast highway, it was just bumper to bumper. And we were just going up the coast, like over all the cars. And they, they asked if they could give cat, I don't even remember, you know, some sort of painkiller. And I said, well, yeah, if you think she needs it anyway. And so cat was doing okay. She was talking. She was, you know, there was a lot going on. It was loud. You couldn't really hear what was going on. And then we landed on the roof of um, the UCLA hospital and all these, what looked like doctors and nurses were, were there to greet us when we got there. And then I found out that they asked me if I wanted to be in the room when they started examining Kat. And I said, yes. And then they asked me to put on a lead vest because they said they might have to do um, x-rays. And I said, that's fine. And they started going down her body. They started with her head and didn't look like there were injuries going down her body. It didn't look like there were internal injuries. And then when they got to her legs, one of the doctors said, I think she'll be able to walk again. Something like that, you know, and I... I couldn't feel my feet. I couldn't like the blood just drained from, from my head. And one of the nurses said, I think you need to sit down. And I said, oh yeah, I think I, okay. Yeah, I should sit down. 
nurses, did you know that Nurse.com is the ultimate destination for all nurses? It's where you can find your nurse life in one place. That's right. Everything from networking with your peers and continuing education to industry news and career opportunities. It's all there for you. Nurse.com is your dedicated platform to explore a wide range of job opportunities from all across the nation. Whether you're a fresh graduate testing the waters or a seasoned pro desiring for a change in scenery, we've got you covered. Nurse.com forward slash jobs features posts from entry level to executive leadership in every practice setting, even in specialties you might not have considered. So why wait? Leverage your skills and passion in an opportunity worthy of both. Visit nurse.com forward slash jobs today and initiate your journey towards the next chapter in your nursing career. And then from that moment, you know, we found Kat had lost a lot of skin from both of her legs. Um, she had broken an ankle. She had, but, but mostly it was burns down her legs. And she was in the hospital probably for three or four months. And then she, she got to go home. And that's when I met you. <laughs> And that's when Kat met you. I don't even think that I saw the original wounds from when they first happened. I saw them months later and she had wound vax on both legs. Mm -hmm. I just remember thinking to myself, I can't even imagine what these looked like when they first happened because they were just so, so severe. It was so intense. I actually have pictures of it because, well, first of all, Kat, Kat always wanted to look. She wanted to see it. She wanted to be a part of it. Whereas I probably would have been, I would have been happy to never look at it. But, you know, but she was so young at the time and I wanted to, to you know, be there with her. And plus I had to learn how to, you know, maintain the wound vax and things like that. But I mean, I think you know better than anybody how hard it is to be in a hospital for that long. So you have this 11-year-old who's just lying in a hospital bed and she, could, she couldn't get out because like you said, both of her legs were in traction. Do you say that? Yeah. yeah. Elevated and she couldn't get out of bed even. She couldn't sit up. She It was really hard for her. And, um, and at some point, it was clear that she was going to need um skin grafts but they needed the they needed the wound to heal a little bit before they could even do that so we were like is there any way to get her home and they said the only way to get her home is if you have a home nurse who can go to your house and take care of her like this is beyond way beyond my scope of you know expertise i of course this is like these injuries were so, like you're saying, so dramatic. They were so dramatic. And then you came over and first of all, Kat was so happy to see you and see your face and see you could, she knew immediately that you were on her side, basically, because there's a an interesting dynamic that happens in the hospital that I found. And I could be way off, but usually there's like this dynamic of, us against them. 
sometimes there are people that are working in, in a hospital where you feel like, why are you, why are you making it harder? She's 11, you know, just like, uh, but I also know people are busy and they have to do their jobs and they have to get in and out and they don't have time to seemingly, I I'm generalizing, but especially for an 11 year old girl, it seemed like at that time, they weren't explaining everything that they were doing. And also I found out that they were doing, you know, people were doing nurses, doctors doing stuff that they hadn't necessarily done before, because I'm sure every injury is unique. So you had these nurses and doctors that were wrapping both of her legs. And if you wrapped it just even like a little bit, I don't know, I don't want to even say wrong, but a, a little bit where it's pinching in one area, it's, and then putting like the metal splints, I guess, on, on her heels. I think what you're experiencing in the hospital is that there's just so many people. There's so many cooks in the kitchen. Yeah. There's also just not enough time. Yeah. And truly, it can be a real cluster. <laughs> well, you see both sides of it, right? You see the, the times when it's a cluster, and then you see the times when, I mean, people are so nice and so happy to see the nurse, and you're so happy to see the doctor. And but you feel like, oh, I wish they could stay longer. I wish they could talk to us longer and tell us what's going on. So when you came to our house, it was, it really felt like Kat was feeling seen and heard by you. And that changed everything. It really changed everything. I know I'm going to cry. Ooh. Um, not only were you, of course, an expert in what you did, but you really took time to know her, to treat her like a person, you know, a little person. Because <laughs> she was, she she was, she was a girl and yet she was, you know, wanted to do her hair and do makeup and, you know, it's that time in her life. And you were just so respectful to her. And, and even though it was a really painful time for her, you were really a ray of light every time you came to the house. Oh, you're going to make me cry. As you as you know, I I was a pediatric nurse for many many years and uh specifically pediatric oncology. Yeah. And so I had to do a lot of really tough things. I I had a a lot of really tough conversations. Yeah. I think one of the things that I took away from my time as a pediatric nurse and what I would really teach new nurses when I was precepting was that, you know, these are young adults and they have plans. They've been planning their life. They are thinking about going to a dance or dating someone or where do they want to go to school or college. And it's even worse when you think about she was 12 I mean, I hated being 12. I know. It's hard already. She was in middle school. She was going to start sixth grade, I think. Middle school is the worst anyway, you know? And, and I, I know that no one can see her here, but she is just absolutely gorgeous. She was gorgeous at 12. And boy, if you could see her now. Yeah, she's pretty beautiful. So at 12 years old, I mean, which isn't that tough. 
she's got these significant wounds that she knows are going to become scars. And she just has this incredible team of of nurses around her. She had such a great care team at home. Actually, you got to see uh, Chrissy at the Dose of, of Laughter Gala that you you were so gracious to come and join me at that uh, event for Holly Blue. But you were able to see Chrissy there. I know. She was also one of Kat's caretakers who was unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. I, I know. She did have just an incredible team of, of people. And one of my distinct memories that I have of Kat was at one of her debridements. Mm. And what I remember so distinctly about that time was, you know, sitting next to her and her actually, you know, being involved uh, in the debridement. Yeah, Kat always wanted to, she wanted to take the uh, bandages off because she wanted to do it a certain way. And yeah, sometimes people would say okay to that. And sometimes it was like, we really don't have time. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for part two of this very special episode.